I always say, and as you know, you guys know, I'm, I'm a believer in God. So I really believe that there is a, a bigger plan here that maybe I'm just not a party to, because this was supposed to be my free year after 14 years of kids home. And I really actually needed that mental health break. But for some reason, God wants my kids home, my little kids home for another year. And I'm going to trust because I feel peace about that decision. Once I did make it, that there is something maybe he knows that I don't know. And that it's another chance to just be with my kids before they're gone forever. So once it's been made, it's been made. It might not be ideal, but what happens after that is completely in your hands. Welcome back to a special episode of the Modern Lady Podcast. This week, we had planned on taking a break to fulfill some family plans and commitments. Summer's not over yet, after all, at least not up here in Canada. And yet we couldn't ignore the very real and ominous presence of the new school year looming ever closer on the horizon. Never before, in recent memory at least, has the term back to school been so plagued with worry and uncertainty. Whatever your decision, whether your family is headed back to school or you're doing online learning or you're homeschooling, we know that it may not have been an easy decision to make. We've been right there with you. Today, we would like to specifically speak to those who are considering or who have decided to venture into homeschooling, perhaps for the first time. For all my years of reading about, observing, and loving the idea, this will be our family's first foray into actually learning at home. But Lindsay's family has been homeschooling for several years now, and her perspectives and philosophies have certainly inspired me while our family discerned this path. So I convinced her to record two episodes in one week so that we can share with you some interesting thoughts that we hope alleviate some of the worry over what homeschooling is and what it can be. So Lindsay, I am actually so excited to record this episode. Yeah. And last year when we recorded our episode on schooling, mm-hmm. you and I, and actually the whole world really, mm-hmm. were in a much different headspace yeah. when it comes to educational pathways. Yeah. Um, and so I know we touched on your experiences in homeschooling already back then, but maybe to start things off for those who haven't heard that episode yet, or just to refresh our memories, <laughs> could you share some of your experience homeschooling up until now? Like how you got started, what you enjoyed about it, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we thought we had our plans, right? If we listen back yeah. to that episode, <laughs> like everybody, we had plans. Um, but I think actually one of the things we said in that episode and we've said in many episodes is that it's really important to not dig your heels in, to always be open mm. to what you know your heart is asking you to do. You feel like God's calling you to or what you think your children need. And in this case, <laughs> a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. We never saw that requires of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um Yeah. So this was supposed to be my first year with all four of my kids being in public school and we've adjusted again and happily. So I'm going to be keeping again, my younger two home for this year and my older two are going back to school, but let's go back to 2015, which was the last year that my kids were in school before we homeschooled. And up until that point, it's something that I had always considered and felt called to just like you did, right? You you were saying you felt mm-hmm. it in kindergarten with your eldest and I felt the same thing. And 
I found that every time somebody would tell me that they were a homeschooler and this was 99.9% online and online conversations, I would think mm-hmm. in my heart, I want to be a homeschooler. And that just kept happening and happening. And, and I just felt such anxiety and unease when I sent my eldest child to school. And it was never a situation really with the schools. There were a few little things, but it was never really about the schools. It was about me and wanting to just squeeze every moment out of my time with my kids as possible. So I sent my older two at that time. We then had a third and a fourth baby and we reached the decision when my eldest was in grade three and my uh, second was in grade two. I'm sorry, grade one that when they finished that year in June, that we would be keeping them home then. And we always knew that homeschool was not permanent for us, that it was something we would evaluate all the time. We would constantly gauge how I was doing, how my mental health was, how the children were doing, if they were thriving, because we always knew that whatever we were doing for our kids' education, it had to benefit that child. And that it had to benefit each individual child. Some children I knew would do better at home, some better at school. And so it was something that we had to be incredibly dialed into all the time and constantly reevaluating a bunch of different factors. Okay. So we pull them out and the first couple of months were just the de-schooling as it's called. It's not quite unschooling. It's the de-schooling of just everybody, including mom, having to kind of shake free the restraints that a school system obviously has to have in place so that they can run, you know, a large school system. So we had to shake that off and we had to just realize that our day looks a lot different and that we can have very slow mornings, which is my absolute favorite thing about homeschooling. Uh, Not just because I'm lazy, because I am, I'm actually really lazy in the mornings, but it's because I also just want to cuddle with my kids. I love nothing more than each kid coming into the room when they've woken up, right? And they have messy hair Mm. and, and morning breath and they crawl up onto you and they're all squishy. And I just I used to hate having to like kind of put them down and get the day going. So I really, really love savoring that. And so we give ourselves a good hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes until we get our day going. Um, But it was just really this process of settling into our new family rhythm. So that was, we, we kept, I had them all home, um, until this past year. So in September of 2019, the older two transitioned back into public school. My younger two were home with me. And something I noticed immediately with the younger two is that they had a chance to play in a new way that they weren't able to do when the older kids were home, because when the older kids were home, they really gravitated towards a more mature style of playing or activities. Mm. And I looked at them and I realized they didn't get a lot of that free time imaginative play that kids their age would have had. So I Mm -hmm. just really let this last year be a lot of play, uh, a lot less schoolwork because they, um, especially my, my third child was operating at a level, um, at his grade level and a little bit above. So I thought, you know what, now it's time for the little two to just enjoy their time. So that was really what our last year was until March break and the school shut down. So the older two went back <laughs> and the younger two were home. And so while I technically homeschooled the younger two over this last year, I would actually really say I pretty much unschooled over this last year. Hmm. Okay, so I really love that. That really leads me into my next question, because I think part of the pressure and the concern over starting homeschool for the first time is keeping kids 
up to snuff on yeah. um, curriculum and academics, right? Yeah. Um, and you and I have spoken about homeschooling so much over the years, but one philosophy you often bring up that I absolutely love and I hold on to so often is this idea of connection and character over curriculum. So could you talk a little bit about this perspective in your own homeschool and kind of share what it looks like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, this is totally Jason's term. So I would call Jason, you know, on on some of those dark days and be like, it was a brutal mm-hmm. day. Ellie was crying the whole time and nothing got done. And I snapped and I'd be all upset. And he would always say, calm down um, and drop what you're doing. Character over curriculum character Mm. over curriculum. And what we mean by character is that our relationship bonding time with our kids, we believe is fundamentally more important for their personal development than a math lesson, right? Or then Mm. trying to do the perfect read along where they're all listening. And Mm -hmm. I, I really loved that that was his emphasis because I felt like as the home educator, as it being, as the person who was shouldering 90% of the responsibility for the education part that I had to like reach their academic goals. And it was this constant reminder from my husband that while those things are definitely important, our end goal in our family is raising children who are holy, they're moral, they're charitable and good contributors to our society, that they will be hardworking and that they will just become good, solid adults. And so we realized early on that forming our children's character was just that really they could be math geniuses or science nerds or all those things, but none of that matters if they aren't fully formed as moral beings first. And Mm -hmm. that the way to do that is through interaction with their mom and dad. A a couple that I really looked up to early in our homeschooling years, um, her husband said the best thing ever. Now, Jason has not said this, but her husband (laughs) said, because at this time they were homeschooling going five girls and they had a baby boy, but their education was there for their five girls. And he turned to us and he said, what woman type of woman do I want my daughters to grow up to be like? Well, I want them to be just like the woman I married. I want them to be like their mother. She is the ideal woman to me. So who better to teach them to be like her than her? And I was like, oh, wow, that's the sweetest wow. thing. And then I look at Jason and I, he didn't quite <laughs> <laughs> echo that back. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, like that sounds fan. great. Yeah, she is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and she truly is. They're an outstanding family. But I right. love that because you'll notice as soon as you're homeschooling that everything is a lesson. Everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when your kids are in school, your evenings are pretty much a blur of dinner, homework, bath, bed, right? And you kind of put blinders on so that you can just get through the night. And again, guys, I'm not saying this about everybody, but this is the case. This was the case in my experience and in a lot of my friends' experience. You just have to endure the night to get through to get to school the next day. Well, when they're home with you for the entire day, a lot of opportunities for character building (laughs) pop up like every 10 minutes, not only for the children, but for you as well. And so I think that if you want to be a conscientious and intentional parent, you'll recognize when these moments pop up. And every time those moments popped up, whether it's sibling squabbling or a chore not being done, or maybe the wrong tone being used to speak back to me or any of those things, 
we stopped what mm-hmm. we were doing and we dealt with that because again, that to me is the most important thing that my children are going to learn in this house. They can learn academics from a bunch of different sources, but I want them to learn morality from their father and I. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And you know, that made me think of the idea of a gap year, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You know, people take gap years um, to take a break from academics, yeah. to do something outside of the academic world, right? And yep. that's one way I've kind of been framing this upcoming year of homeschool for us, because we're not entirely sure, um, like long-term speaking. Yep. We're taking things one year at a time here, <laughs> right? But in order to kind of keep things like easygoing and yeah. low-key and non-stressful I really love the idea of framing this as like this is the Saks gap year yeah as a family and we have that really gives um some relief it takes off some of the pressure of having to keep up with curriculum necessarily um and so intensely I should say and just kind of be and be together I love that. And I love that that's how you're approaching this year. So when those days would happen where I felt like my relationship was suffering with one of the kids or that their relationships were suffering, because as you know, Michelle, and I've talked about this many times, um, my, one of my top like five goals or three goals really for homeschooling was fostering good relationships between my children. I want them to have a lifelong, really tight bond. So if I Mm -hmm. felt that any of those relationships are strained that day, that's when I would stop the schoolwork and we would bake cookies and we would watch a movie and we would cuddle. Like I just was always Mm -hmm. making sure that the relationships were all going really smoothly. Okay. So something I have learned over the years from observing many homeschooling families, both online and in real life, is that they often talk about wanting to foster a love of education. And so this concept really resonates with us, you and I, because um, we really enjoy this lifelong process of learning, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But have you found that homeschooling naturally promotes this focus? Yeah. Yeah, I have. So um, a lot of people talk about child-led learning, right? Or uh, one of the benefits of homeschooling Mm -hmm. being able to be is, A, you really get to know your own children. And in a way that it's just not possible when your kids are gone for half the day. And that is being said with zero judgment. Again, my kids have been in school. They will be again in school in the future. It's just fact (laughs) that the Mm -hmm. more hours you spend with your kids, the more you're going to get to know them. And so Mm -hmm. I have found that like a kid who's struggling with a subject, if you just can turn the subject matter into something that they're excited about, like space or um, Minecraft or something. And there are so many available resources more than ever. So you can like just Google like Minecraft math, boom, there's lesson plans for you. Um, That you really have that chance to really meet the child at where they're at and make education fun. Because that has always been my, my motivator as well is that I just want my kids to love learning, love the process of learning. Because Mm -hmm. again, having gone to university and my husband having gone for many, many years of of university, um, we did that out of duty and expectation, but somehow, and if I look at him and I versus I, I continued on loving education, but being a self learner and it really, um, gave him a distaste, actually distaste for organized education and mm. having to be forced to, to do all that reading and stuff. So this has shaped kind of, again, our views on how we homeschool our kids. But so I really just want my kids to fall in love with the idea of 
directing their own education and then thinking, okay, this is what I want to learn about today. And you'll see again, this is so clear. And I'm sure you've already started to experience this, that they'll ask a question at 630 in the morning about why the clouds look like that. And then you can be like, wait a sec, there's science for today. And so you and I happen to love researching things, right? This gets us excited. And I know some other moms might listen to that being like, but that's not how I operate. And that's okay. You don't need to operate Mm -hmm. like that. You can have it in in a wonderful curriculum book all set out for you. But for the moms who work more like you and I, um, when we get excited about it, the kids get excited about it, or when they get excited about it, we get excited about it. And it's just this coming together of loving the process and not just the end result of whatever they've learned that day, but loving learning it. Um, mm-hmm. I hated math in school, like so many people. And I remember around grade four or grade five that I just stopped understanding it. I, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. wrap my head around it. And the teachers in a classroom of 30 kids, they can't just continue to work with one student until they get it. They have to move on. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I never caught up. And by grade 10, I failed out of grade 10 math and I had to do summer school for it. And I hated it. It wasn't even just like, I didn't understand it, but I, I hated it. And that really shaped how I viewed myself and education as a whole. And I never thought I'd like it. And I remember starting to homeschool and I thought, okay, here I go. Like, I'm going to be teaching this that year, grade four and grade two math. And that's the year I stopped understanding it. And grade four and grade five math starts to get hard. And I opened it up. And I, the first couple times I had to reread it and I did Google stuff and I had to text my math nerd husband at work and ask for help. But then all of a sudden I started to fall in love with math. And I, I could also see within my children too, where they'd start to panic and tense up if they didn't know the answer. And so mm-hmm. at that time I would stop what we were doing. I'd put an arm around them. You know, the teacher can't hug your child or put an arm around them, but you can. And so you can calm Mm. them back down with your touch. And I'd go, it's okay. It's okay that you don't get this right now. Do you know what? We're not going to move on until you get it. And Mm. we'll just keep trying it and we'll keep trying it. And as I did that process with them, I fell in love with math in a whole new way because I was able to work at my own speed as well. And Mm -hmm. it just was a good reminder to me that it's, it's, this just can't happen because the way the public school education system is set up and it's no fault of that. Like, obviously Mm -hmm. I can't imagine if they were to customize right education for each child in the class, but you can do that at home. And so if there was a subject that you really struggled with as, as a child yourself or in high school and you think, how am I going to teach this to my kids? Just know that you can rediscover it in your adult eyes and you might fall in love with it in a totally different way. And that can forever change how your child is going to view that subject as well. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This reminds me of a podcast I was listening to. It's the Read Aloud Revival podcast mm-hmm. hosted by Sarah McKenzie. I love that podcast. Um, but she talks about, so she homeschools and she has an episode on homeschooling too, um, which you may want to check out if you're interested. But um, she talks in that episode about how most of life happens after the age of 18, mm-hmm. after you leave school, right? And therefore, it's logical to, know, to think then that most of a person's learning will happen after the age of 18, after mm-hmm. you graduate school. So most of us don't know everything upon graduating a formal school or a formal education. Yeah. And I loved thinking about that because that really shifted my 
my focus on what I would love for homeschooling to be. And when I think about the parts of curriculum that are important to keep on top of, the the ability to read, the ability to to write math, like, and I'm talking like just basic, like that you're just able to do it. Um, this is more like an equipping of your kids in order so that they can just continue to learn forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As opposed to meeting that grade is That's what right. we're, we're commonly accustomed to thinking about school, right? So I'm just loving kind of exploring this in my own mind, what it would look like to teach my kids math, which I also was not very strong <laughs> at in school. I yeah. just have to say, so that made me nervous too. I'm glad you told that story. Mm. But teaching them basic math, instilling in them a love of reading and an ability to read, not just for the sake of math and reading itself, but yeah. so that they can go on. And if they want to learn about those clouds that morning, yeah. you can go and do that. You have this, the skills and the resources to do that. And that is very exciting to me. It really is. And I want people to understand too, because again, I don't, for all the brand new homeschoolers who haven't been researching homeschooling for five years before this yeah. point have kind of been thrust into <laughs> sure. it. They, uh, I don't, I actually think a lot of people, these new people are unaware that you don't have to grade your kids. Again, if you're not in a state mm -hmm. or in a, in a region where you need to actually submit test scores. Um, so again, where we live, you don't have to, grades are there so that a teacher, again, in a classroom of 30 can monitor where the classroom's at and so that their board and stuff can track things at home mm -hmm. you don't have to mark their work it's not about them earning a grade it's about them becoming having a growing in competency in that subject mm. so you can kind of shake all that off too but it's really hard to come out of a system I mean I haven't been in school since 1998 um yeah so it's been but it's still on me that you should be following these brick and mortar school rules uh rules mm -hmm. and so it's um it's really hard to shake that but when you're home educating None of that applies if you're not mandated by your state. You can completely just get back to the process, like you said, of loving to learn those things so that you become competent in them and then you build on those skills. Okay, so kind of putting academics just to the side for a moment, mm -hmm. I think something else that um, many people worry about when it comes to homeschooling is this buzzword of socialization yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, getting kids out there and interacting with other kids and that type of thing. Um, and so what would you advise someone who is nervous about feeling isolated or, you know, maybe making this decision feeling like they're going to be the only ones who are doing this? Yeah. So I don't think I know anybody more isolated than I am. Um, I, I don't mm. drive, you know, I'm almost 40, so I don't drive. We live in a, in a very small town where there is nothing walkable from where we live. Uh, we are in a, in a new community, so there's a lot of houses, but it's a community where almost both, like everybody works and I was the only homeschooler. So there, I was very, very isolated. And so were my kids. Some of that was part of the decision about sending the older two back as they got um, a little older and, and needed more of a social life. But socialization is the very first thing that every homeschooler is asked. And it's kind of the last um, worry that new homeschoolers will hold on to. And it was the thing that my husband was, you know, most focused on to worried about when we first started. And there are plenty of great articles out there that debunk uh, socialization mm -hmm. on a school level and how being in a classroom of 30 kids who are all the same age isn't actually socialization either. Like, so there's plenty out there if you want to read on how that kind of forced 
communication between kids of all the same age doesn't really do much for that, that process of socialization, but mm-hmm. we don't need to get into that so much as to say that what you should do is if you can have your family on board and help, that would be awesome. I'm a homebody. I am naturally somebody who's very independent and okay being home alone. But if you aren't that person, you need to make sure your own mental health, there's a plan for it in place because homeschooling is absolutely exhausting, especially as kids get older. The the schoolwork is very, very complicated. And so if you don't have a plan in place going into this year about how you can take care of your own mental health and do some self-care, then you're not going to be able to serve your children very well either because you will unravel quickly. So I think that's mm-hmm. step one is really also continue, like consider your own role as the teacher and how to keep yourself fed and nourished during this time. Um, It's really, there are some great online homeschooling groups that um, I have really leaned on over the years. My favorite one for Catholics is Catholic Homeschooling Moms. That's all it's called. It's Mm -hmm. a private group on Facebook. I've been in it since the beginning. Those women are great. But seek to find some online communities. Um, I've really found that homeschoolers are incredibly supportive of each other. And there are, depending on what happens with, you know, COVID and quarantining and stuff, like you might be able to find a group of friends that are open to doing like outdoor play dates, that sort of thing. I always did have play dates. I'm very, very blessed with a lot of wonderful friends that would come over and bring their kids. The main issue is that a lot of them weren't homeschooling. So their kids were younger than my older kids. But to Mm -hmm. me, that actually is proper socialization. The kids don't all need to play together, but my kids have had um, a very varied <laughs> um, access and experience with children and people of all ages. And we're party to mm-hmm. all, a lot of different conversations with all of the friends that I would have over during the day. So that's beneficial too. So even if you think, well, I'm having these friends over and they're not my kids ages, it's still going to be a socialization for your kids because they're still going to watch how you interact with your friend. They're going to watch how maybe they take care of their baby. Or if you have mm-hmm. a mother's helper or an older lady that wants to come by and visit the kids. Like how awesome is that? Right. To have somebody like Mm -hmm. that come into your home. That is true socialization to me is having a very large view of society and all different types of people and all different ages in it. So and I've also found that people love homeschoolers. Um, it, it, people think they get a bad mm. rap and that when you go out, people will be all judgy. No, wherever I went, if I did go out during the day or if I had whatever tradesmen into our house, I was like, so I'm a homeschooler. Uh, my kids are going to follow us around. People love it. Like every time we had a plumber here or an electrician or somebody doing anything, they would stop and work slower and tell my kids what they were doing. Like people love wow. that. And mm. so there's just so many, again, you have to be creative. But there's so many ways to socialize your kids into what the wider world looks like and not just what a classroom of their peers looks like. Mm, I love that. Okay, so I'm interested, and I'm sure others are too, to hear about your specific experience then in sending your kids back to school. (laughs) Yes. Um, For some who have decided to take the plunge and homeschool this year, this may not necessarily... um, have an eye towards homeschooling for the long haul right so naturally then the thought turns towards will they be able to keep up enough to transition back to school whenever we need to or are ready to and last year you sent 
two of your kids back to the older grades after several years at home. And what was that like for them and for your family? Yeah, so they were home. We did four full years of homeschooling, and then they went back into grade six and grade eight. And Mm -hmm. so I, that's when it's like that old saying, the proof is in the pudding. That's when I was kind of biting my nails going, here we go. I'm going to find out (laughs) if they were socialized, if I did keep them educated, like did their academic stuff enough. Um, If they Mm -hmm. are homeschooled weirdos, um, like all of these things, it's all good. I'm going to know soon. Because I had this gut feeling, I'm I'm a ridiculously confident person where I just think, yeah, I'm sure we did a good job. But it's only, you know, that's because I've created this little bubble where I determine if we've done a good job. So it was the first time that was going to be reflected back on me. So when I contacted the school um, to let them know that my children will be coming back, our little school was phenomenal right from the get-go. We have a new principal. She wanted to meet right with the kids and she asked them all about what their favorite subjects were and it was just so welcoming. And um, on the first day, I went and spoke with their teachers in the lineup, like that chaotic first day of school. Mm. I went and introduced myself and I I was very self-effacing and just very humble when I approached the teachers and I just said, listen, I have four kids at home. I've done the absolute best I could do. There were some subjects Mm -hmm. we excelled in. There are many that I dropped the ball in, um, but I did the best I could do. But I am so looking forward to working with you. If you can let me know where Mm -hmm. um, I can, if there's an area my kids are struggling in, what we can do at home to get them up to the level that your class is in, um, just please let me know. Like, let's let's have a great communication. Their teachers were like, don't worry about it. (laughs) Especially the grade eight teacher. She she hugged me. Mm. And then she's like, we are so happy to have Charlotte back. And she's like, just so you know, grade eight is basically a a review year anyways, to make sure all the kids are at the same level when they go to grade nine. Mm. She's going to be just fine. Don't you worry. And then all the kids were actually so awesome to my kids. They thought it was so cool that the homeschool kids were back. Like right. my kids were like, cause I'm like, it's going to go one of two ways. They're either going to be like the, right. the, the weirdo homeschool kids or they're going to. And so no, it went the other way. And I was really pleasantly surprised, but I have had other homeschool moms who have been really critical about that and have been like, well, that wasn't our experience. My kids were sent back and they were bullied mercilessly. Well, I'm sorry, but the truth is I didn't just send them back without preparing them socially either. I I actually did spend several months kind of getting my kids up to snuff with what was going on a bit Mm, in the secular world. This was very intentional and deliberate as well. And this was all part of my homeschooling because I really firmly believe that our homeschooling is like a greenhouse and that I, my children have a view of the world happening around them, but that as the, their parent and as their primary educator, my, their father and I control like the heat, the sunlight, all of those elements coming into the, into the greenhouse so that their roots Mm -hmm. really, really are properly planted, right. And really deep before we transplant them back into the real world. So what that means is that before I transplanted them, I started to already adjust the amount of information coming into our home, things that they were allowed to do or play or wear. Um, you know, we made sure we kind of knew like what some of the cool clothes were. And I, and I know these seem like material things. And I know some people might listen to this and be like, well, I don't care if my kid dresses cool or plays the right game on, on their PS4. Well, I did care about that. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I don't want kids. No one wants their kids to be bullied and it is important to fit in a little bit. And so, um, we did make sure that our kids had a few new items of clothing that they felt really good about and that they knew some of the current songs and video games so that they could talk with their peers when they got back. So the transition went really, really Mm. well. And if people listen back to our education episode, 
we talk about how if there is a constant, steady peace in the home that is always mm-hmm. underlying everything, and that if the parents always exude a confidence in their own discernment process and decision-making process, and that the husband and wife are united in all mm-hmm. of that, kids feed off that. So they're going to transition well, regardless if you're pulling them out or you're sending them back in because the constant is your home and everything else that transitions beyond that, that doesn't matter as much as the home and the safe place. Mm -hmm. So this is all amazing and well and good if we had all the time in the world to consider (laughs) this (laughs) and mull it over and talk to the people that we, you know, might be involved in this decisions. But I mean, circumstances as they are, like, what advice would you give to someone who feels they're they're being pressured or rushed into this decision? I know in our board, the cutoff was Monday. The parents needed to, you know, declare whether their kids are returning or not. And I get that because schools need to come up with a plan. Yeah. <laughs> they need to know how many kids are coming back, right, before yeah. they can come up with um, what school's going to look like. Um, but that does put a lot of pressure on the parents. So even though, you know, we talked about in that last episode last year about education, about not making these decisions uh, out of fear mm-hmm. and anxiety, I think that now in 2020, this may very well have been a decision for many <laughs> yes. of us yeah. made with worry and anxiety. So we're laughing nervously. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, not us too. And it's true. So even though I had made mm-hmm. this decision in mm-hmm. a very different headspace years ago, I had to make that decision in a very different headspace this summer. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody will agree that there is no right answer for this September, that all parents are just really (sighs) trying to weigh out so Mm -hmm. many possibilities. And and we are, a lot of us are coming into it out of a place of fear and that's not ideal. We should never make any decisions out of that place, but you're right. That is the reality for a lot of people. So I think that a lot of us are going to be entering into a school year that we could have never imagined and we weren't planning for. But if you've made the decision, okay, if you're keeping those Mm -hmm. kids home September, know a few things. Know that it's not forever. Nothing like this is permanent, that you can change your mind at any time. Likewise, if you're listening to this and you've decided that your kids have to go back because you need to work and you need to pay the bills or your mental health just cannot handle another day with your kids home, these are all legitimate things to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're feeling sick to your stomach about your kids possibly getting sick or the type of psychological impact that this new normal um, is going to have on your small child. The, um, and you decide, you know what, forget it. I'm pulling them. That's also okay. Like nothing that, again, I say this all the time, everything changes. It might change for the better tomorrow. It might be Mm -hmm. worse, but it changes. Mm -hmm. And so there's, it's really important as a mom to keep yourself always ready to pivot and, and be ready to tackle the next thing, adapt, overcome adapt and mm-hmm. overcome, right? Mm-hmm. It's back to our Navy SEAL training. They can listen to our Navy SEAL episode and just come up with a new game plan. So yeah, this might not have been the best discernment, decision-making process for you and your family, but you've made it now own it and just 
look at it truly if you are in the position where you're even able to make the decision because there are a lot of parents who can't who just don't even have the option Mm -hmm. to do either or if you've been able to make that decision it's a blessing to have extra time home with your kids I always say and as you know you guys know I'm I'm a believer in God so I really believe that there is a a bigger plan here that maybe I'm just not a party to because this was supposed to be Mm -hmm. my free year after 14 years of kids home and I really actually needed that mental health break but for some reason and God wants my kids home, my little kids home for another year. And I'm going to trust because I feel peace about that decision. Once I did make it, that there is something maybe he knows that I don't know. And that it's another chance to just be with my kids before they're gone forever. So mm-hmm. once it's been made, it's been made, it might not be ideal, but what happens after that is completely in your hands. So to kind of sum everything up, we found this quote online, and unfortunately, it's unattributed. We couldn't find the exact source, but we feel like it really captures what we've been trying to say in this episode, too, um, to encourage and inspire those of us who are venturing into homeschooling this year. The quote says, Dear homeschool mom, be liberated today from the pressure to perform. Remember, there are no perfect mothers, only imperfect ones who are God's perfect choice to raise his children, end quote. And I think that's really the crux of all of this, is to remember that these are children. These are gifts. They're beloved children of God. They've, they're gifts to us all. And we have been chosen by God to be their mothers. And also remember that up until this point, you were the ones that taught these beautiful children to tie their shoes, to um, sit at the table, how to eat, how to speak, how to listen to a story. And really this year is just a continuation of that. And it's an opportunity and a chance to strengthen these relationships with our children and to foster this idea of lifelong learning and to give them deep roots even if it's just for a short amount of time before we send them back to be gifts into the wider world. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you still have questions about homeschooling, or if you are a homeschooler that has some advice to share and to add on to this episode, please get in touch with us and leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.